Chapter 12 Kether, the Overflowing Cup A lot of problems come from self-hatred. Let us let go of that. Allow that self-loathing to go away. Let us be real humans. Let us be genuine people. Observe the beautiful deer. They have no one to rule them, but they frolic in the meadow as if they had a deer keeper. They are so clean. They have such head and shoulders. They are beautifully horned. The deer, the fox, and the jackal all have their own beauty in being themselves, and nobody is taking care of them. As I began to pass through the space of infinite grace and warmth, it was a force of the source that allowed the deer to be who it was. It gave the fox its foxness, and the jackal its smarts. This entry into the source brought upon a great realization, and there I understood that the human condition can be worked out. What I mean is that the conditions of neurosis can be overcome. The whole point is to benefit all. This space was like the sea of love. It held the sympathy and gentleness, and that godliness was the essence of true lordship. Each and every soul that passed by, why I took an extra moment to look in their eyes. I was just like them, and I became so inquisitive to look at someone else's soul. So gentle here, and along with this source came a sense of surrendering as I was freed from cowardice. Every soul I passed appeared like a warrior, no different than I, and there was no need to challenge any being, plant, or animal spirit because we existed together after our bodies died. Then I noticed blamelessness. There was no need to scramble narratives based on logic of what had happened in the past or what had been happening now, but rather I was free pure and disciplined. All these great spirits, whose aura took the shape of many forms, were able to maintain ourselves just as we are. This was all of our duties, and every spirit here had a calling to be just as we are. Oh, how material life was crowded with all sorts of garbage, but in itself, those things weren't garbage, even though they were cumbersome. Now I could finally relax. Nothing could get in my way of how to be, how to trust, and how to be a warrior. We must be kinder to ourselves. We've missed so many possibilities of compassion. Smile a lot, even if nobody is watching. We can do a good job. Do you see all these spirits floating about? Oh, have I finally gone to heaven? Here there is no one to rule them, but they frolic in the meadow of pure bliss as if they had a keeper. They are so clean. They have such head and shoulders. They are beautifully created. Oh, I am appalled that we couldn't do it for ourselves upon earth. On the other hand, a strange human condition has been handed down through the generations. Now it is time for that to end. Now it is the time of hope for us. The wisdom of this light had come to all. The teaching is here and now, completely pure and undiluted by anyone at all. We are so fortunate. Please don't waste your time. Every minute is important. Be sure to sparkle in it. But how to think of this source? First it swells and goes where it will. Isn't it a river? It rises in the east and sets in the west. Isn't this the moon? Never setting. Isn't this the morning star? Whether it exists or not, is it the Shangri-La, the grapevine, or shall we call it the kingdom of Shambhala? Love that is free from hesitation and passion that is free from laziness. Can we join east and west? Then the south and north also arise. 
Arise as the king and queen of the whole world. You can join both heaven and earth. Being without fear, you create fear. The renown of fear cannot be feared. When through fear you examine yourself, you trample on the egg of fear. Oh, you can help the world. You, 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 and you. All of you can help the world. You know what the problems are. You know the difficulties. Let us do something. Let us not chicken out. Let us actually do it properly. Please, please, please. We are trying to reach the higher realms and help others to do so instead of being stuck in the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, and the ignorant realms. What if we all took a personal vow to help others who are going through such turmoil? Blamelessness comes from being daring. Daring is very direct, but at the same time, it's somewhat difficult to attain. Many times we don't like ourselves. We feel that we aren't equipped with everything that we should have, so we don't feel very good about ourselves. In fact, we feel we have a lot of problems. We consider some of those things to be private matters. There are a lot of situations where we feel inadequate, bad, or strange. The way to overcome all of that is to have a loving attitude towards yourself. And to those who feel aggression toward the world, let us say, experiencing the world is not all that bad, my friend. This world is not all that terrorized by passion, aggression, or ignorance. We can sit back together and listen to this world. We can share the experience that the world is workable. It's not all that bad at all. At this point, the world is depressed, and we're trying to cheer up the rest of the world, including ourselves. As you practice this more, some genuineness takes place. And the whole point is that it's up to you individually. You have to cheer yourselves up to begin with. The key to this blamelessness is non-aggression. When you're angry, or whenever you're tempted to blame something on someone else, just come back to your oneness. The key to being daring is in our state of mind. Where there's no aggression, there is natural passion. The passion to be. The passion to be the beautiful self. The passion to look good. The passion to hold your head and shoulders high. You can achieve that not only for yourself, but you can help others uplift themselves. The goal is to uplift the human conditions. You are the vanguard of human society. We talk about the dark ages and how the world is going downhill. Sure, the world might destroy itself, but not quite yet. You are the vanguard to uplift your society, and it starts with a simple appreciation for the world, the appreciation of the sunrise. From one good thought, a person can start to eat properly, work properly, sleep properly, sit properly, and from that, you can start to align with this higher realm. The higher realms are the realm of God, the realm of the demigods, and even the human, animal, and plant realm is connected. People often say it's too difficult to work with others. It's impossible to help them. But that's not true. It has been done. Look at yourself. You are all uplifted, and you are a part of the higher realms. Some of you might question that about yourselves, but it's not a real question. It's just a thought. This kingdom does not distinguish a Buddhist from a Catholic, a Protestant, a Jew, a Muslim, a Hindu, and that's why we call it the source of the grapevine. A kingdom as this source should have lots of different spiritual disciplines in it. That's why we are all here, and like a great mountain, all these disciplines are but pathways to the top. And here we are, from east to west, north to south, 
we come to gather in heaven at the topmost point of the source looking out upon it all. Oh, how could we ever look down upon people from the past? They have contributed so much wisdom to the world, we should pay tribute to those people of the past and appreciate our ancestors. And had it been a day, a week, or a year, all the spirits around me were warriors of this morning star who never say good night. We always say good morning, no matter what time of day it is, because we are not connected with the setting sun at all. We always say good morning because our grapevine shines. Great means this has not been affected by ignorance, and vine is where all things begin. Just like the sun rising in the east, it is filled with all-pervasive power and strength, which illuminates your responsibility as well as your genuineness. Genuineness always shines through like the sun. It is always morning. Who goes there? asked the voice that permeated through the grapevine, stretching to all. Not I, but us, as I am a peace through you. Here I wander through all sorts of beings and spirits, but finally I have come home to see all that is true. This infinite light took the shape of a great lion, and each and every soul was a speck within its hair. As this great being took shape, I could not help but bow and stare. Everything was part of this source, which was like a lion, and it was the most powerful force. His eyes were like an infinite sun, and her breath was like the wind, and every aspect of this complete totality held all of us in. Together we flourished in her light, we glowed with his grace. It was so inconceivable and surreal, I did not consider myself as ever separate from this union of divine space. Yes, it was him and her, together as one, the union of creation from which all souls begun. Good, good, my son. Now your return is abrupt, but right on track. For how long have you been away from my source, and what lessons do you bring back? Asked the lion. I have always been at home in you, even when I was lost in a body unaware of my own soul. The journey has taken me through the body of a man named Levi, but now I remember that I have always been complete and whole. Why, it was quite the adventure. I was lost in skin and bones. But praise be to the source of the grapevine, now I remember that I have never been alone. But what do you remember? What do you make of yourself before? He asked. Why, I was living as a separate being. It was as if my own eyes could not truly see. I was trapped in my own body until the Holy Queen set me free. The lion's gaze was direct, and the sight of its everlasting power burned everything I thought I was to a crisp. Home and in union with the source of unending power, I watched all the souls of eternity come together to create this lion's almighty face. There the eyes towered over me, like a sphinx lying down. And when you were separate, Remind me of the life you were dealt. Go on and paint me a picture of the memories you once felt, it asked. I have learned to listen and to be gentle. I also keep an eye out for the sincere. For now I know that actions speak louder than any words, and I wish that my heart will forever choose love over fear. And if my life was a story, then reuniting with you is all it would say. If I could tell the world one thing, I would tell them that divinity is within us all, and I would explain the perfection of every single day. And so I thought about whatever had occurred in my life up till now, but I was so mesmerized by all this spirit. Oh, how they were intertwined into one great and mysterious force. There was no ending to this potential, 
as it was the center of the sun's radiant source, glowing and shining everywhere. Forever we would evolve, no death or decay of the soul, for he was all-powerful, she was the bearer of great light, the kingdom of the highest castle. He and her were the eye of Ra that destroys the lack of light. The longer I stared, the more intent this line became. I tried to remember anything about my past, but I could only gaze at its magnificent mane. And so I began to wonder about where I'd been, and I could see a journey that had taken place. Why, I'd been living on a planet called Earth that was spinning through infinite space. Yes, I could remember now. I could feel those strange days where I was separated from this source. But now I rode this electric current as if I galloped on a magic horse. I could see everything in an instant, all the glory and pain. Time meant nothing to death, and everything had come and gone, so the experience was the only thing to gain. But there was something strange I noticed, and so my voice knew I had to speak, because if I could go back and do it again, I now had a new perspective from which I would critique. Being separate from the source is like being attached to a particular set of clothes. For so long, I identified myself with those layers, as if I was the owner of my head, shoulders, knees, and toes. But alas, that wasn't who I am. It was just a veil in disguise. And once I passed through the source of the grapevine, it felt as if I'd finally come alive. And so I spoke to the great sphinx as I contemplated my past. I realized that I was separate, but I can't remember why. All the while, I still had our source hidden within a dying body, and now I see the source from my own true eyes. It was as if I was sleeping in that body, so far from awake. I'd been clinging to so much suffering, which led me to many unfortunate mistakes. I can see my past self, as if I was a dear friend, and now I understand how I tried to help myself walk on the journey of truth up until the very end. And this friend you speak of, is this a layer of you in disguise? Now you see how all beings ever born are just like this friend. Can you see how the Holy Mother gives us all a set of eyes? Then why do we forget about this energy? Why is it that you remember only after you return home? Why is it that only a few remember to fight for this truth after they've departed from my magnificent throne? asked the lion. How can we remember when human life often feels like a test? My past disappears through thin air. Is this lack of effort or failed communication at best? And who was that life really? And why only now do I shine bright like the sun, so vibrant and radiant? What in the world was my past life running from? I miss the depths within this soul, and there was so much mystery hidden beyond my eyes. But how does a man ignite the spark of this source when his body is set to die? Waiting for an answer, the lion did not move, but rather it stayed reverent as a giant sphinx, and so my ramble continued. All that's left is gratitude. Now I realize heaven's light never runs away. I just wished I'd let my soul shine brighter, because I allowed so much misery into my life where I'd never noticed the rising sun each day. I'll think of my past like smoke. There it floats away like a flume. I realize that everything I called suffering was only trying to help us bloom. Bloom? Why, yes, that is the grapevine's way. You have come to see us as we are, and how this energy pervades through all. Yet so many separate forms are blocked off from this truth. For so long, I've been waiting until someone breaks through the veil that blocks the heart like a wall. 
hidden behind a curtain of ego, the soul has little use if our light cannot shine through. But you are a worthy seeker of wisdom, and since you are willing to listen, I have a proposition for you, said the lion. How expansive it is to remember that it was not I, but rather this was all us together. This was the place where no doubt could be found, because the essence of this pure energy was supreme, benevolent, and so God's crown in Hebrew is called Kether. For even when it appeared intense and blinding, like current ready to explode, I knew that the power behind this great lion was the awakening of a hidden code. Yes, life was like a great maze. And how few of us ever reached this truth. Again and again, we were born in new bodies, yet our soul is made of eternal youth. The light of my energy stretches everywhere. It is woven in all aspects of form that have ever found birth. And so I need a champion to re-establish the pure teachings since the link of the light has been cut off from the earth. I ask you willingly to participate in a journey. This is the way of the one united soul. I will plant you along a new path like a seedling so that the entire planet can reconnect with our whole. There are many pieces in motion, and it is rare for a human to reach the height of the eternal flame. Are you willing to depart from heaven and go down through the entire tree of life? And if so, you must find your way through the ten Sephiroth and descend from the three highest planes, asked the lion. Of course I would, but I had so many questions in my mind. I nodded my head and bowed in reverence before the lion's radiance turned so bright that my eyes went blind. Always shining, this sun never set, a sight so pure and brilliant, her beauty is something I would never forget. And this exuberance spilled out from this overflowing cup, and this source was always ascending up. Where was it flowing? And where was it going? Who could understand the depths of this unknowing? Flowing forth through all spirit? There was too much to comprehend. This nectar of the grapevine pushed me to the edge of the cup, and it was time to make amends. The source of the grapevine knew everything, and so I looked out over the tree of life. It was a long path down, but I knew I had to try. Why was this the mountain of Olympus? As a pathway up the grapevine? This overflowing cup pushed me over when my sight realigned. I could see the universe in the distance and there were magnificent orbs like safe havens stationed along the way. From this view, sitting atop the king's cup, all of life appeared as a great dance. Why yes, it was a Leela and a great play. Now as for this journey, I hadn't a clue where it would take me next, and so the energy overflowed to push me past the edge when I wasn't certain how the rest of this path would connect. As if I rode upon lightning, as if I was saddled on a horse, it carried me through the wind, and this was the power of the purest force. First it took me right, but why was I such a fool to allow myself to let go? And who was I really? Why only such a fool would ever depart from the pure heaven of our whole? And what would become of me? Well, I guess it didn't matter what happened next. A fool is a fool is a fool, and that's when my faith in the journey was no longer perplexed. For I was the son of this great lion, once a man who God made, and by the mercy of death, life, and the resurrection, O dearest beloved father and mother, thank you for your creation of the great vine. I'd ask to stay in this source forever, since it's all a fool like me could ever hope to find. And if it's indeed time for me to depart, then so I will gladly let go. Since I have touched this truth, 
there is nothing else I could ever need to know. But I must ask for one thing, since I realize that I am starting to slip away. Whenever I look out and see the sun's light on the surface, may you always remind me of who it was that created our luminous days. Nowhere could be brighter. There is no place better than this. Oh, how dearly I crave to be held in the space of your infinite bliss. Remember, I am within you. I am the cosmos above the earthly sky. It is time to reunite with the wisdom of Chakma, and so Jehovah will plant the rays of the sun right between your very eyes, said the lion. Looking back upon this great source of energy, this was the home and foundation of all mystics. The essence of God's greatness is so vast that no words or works could ever do this source justice. All that could be said was Om, for this was my home, and it was the source from my soul from which all our past lives had grown. Now I touched the center of the Ankh in my heart, where a new path was revealed. Each path up this mountain was a framework, or a collection of teachings. On the east side of this magnificent mountain, I saw the paths leading to a pinnacle, and so they were called Hinduism. Buddhism, Taoism, Jain, Sikhism, Shinto, and Confucianism. In awe of each, I saw how these eastern paths were similar in route, yet each was unique in their approach to find union with this indestructible creative force known as God, Brahma, Dharma, and Truth. Turning toward the Middle East of this great mountain, I saw other major paths, and these were the Abrahamic religions known as Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Again, these were distant routes where souls had traversed upwards to find union with Jehovah, God, and Allah. I could hear the whispers of the great prophet Muhammad. I could see the cross that Christ carried. And I could even see the design of the mystical Kabbalah, esoteric teachings. As I turned to the south, there I saw the remains of the traditional African religions covered with the scars of slavery, crusades, war, and other atrocities. These ancient pathways were still ingrained in this mountain of creation. Trails were still preserved. I pondered upon these pathways where I noticed the ways of the Yorba, animism, and chematism of the ancient Egyptian path. Looking to the west, I saw how the pathways of the New World intertwined with many of the old great pathways from the Middle East, African, and Eastern world. Examining all these paths, I noticed the Catholic, Baptist, Lutheran, Protestant, Puritan, Evangelic, Jehovah's Witness, and even the Mormon path. Envisioning each separate route, I took time to notice how standing in the feet of the followers of the Jehovah's Witness, from this angle, the cross that Christ was crucified upon appeared to be a simple tree. I saw the cross from the side, and from this point of view it was not a cross, but rather it was a single post. Now this new view of Christ's journey opened me to all the pathways at once, and this revealed that even among contradictions through the word of religion, it depends on where we stand and how we perceive the truth. Our revelations of God are dependent on where we were born, how we speak, how we were raised, and how we were taught. Gazing to the north, I found the path that I had taken. There I found no name to describe it but rather ideas and trail markers were left as pivotal points to show lost souls the way home. This was the path of no path, rather a collection of secret footprints as found by the Gnostics, esoteric, secret teachings, mythology, and divination as a means to find union with the infinite source 
that made up the mountain of energy called Kether, which many know as God. All in all, the source was truly profound, unknowable, and everlasting, whichever path one may travel. May we remember to see that religion is a framework to help us cultivate faith. Scripture is the written or spoken word that leaders of a religion use to teach, grow, and promote faith. We should be aware that sometimes church leaders of a religion may contradict their scripture, and still there is a way to trust the path. We should recognize that faith comes from within us and not from a church or ritual. We can use religion to help grow our faith, but we are responsible for our own soul once we pass on. Know that religion does not get us to God. Faith does, and faith has no religion. It is our faith that allows us to find the way home and all paths lead us closer to the truth. All religions, arts, and sciences are branches of the same tree. That is the tree of life. All these aspirations are directed towards ennobling women's and man's life, lifting it from the sphere of mere physical existence and leading the individual towards freedom. Why, yes, now I could see it. The truth is one and paths are many. But what is it called? when it's impossible to describe. The one is unknowable, since there is nothing before it to limit it, unfathomable, since there is nothing before it to fathom it, immeasurable, since there is nothing before it to measure it, invisible, since nothing has seen its totality, eternal, since it exists infinitely, unutterable, since there is nothing before it to give it a true name. The one is God, it is all, and it is the realm that gives us a realm, a life that gives life, a blessed one that gives blessings, knowing that gives knowledge, goodness that provides wonder, mercy that grants rest, power that offers redemption, and grace that gives compassion. Now why would we fight? Why would we battle over something impossible to describe? For your God is my God, and that makes us all one tribe.